Exodus chapter 3. We are continuing on in the book of Exodus. We've kind of seen uh, in the beginning of the book uh, really what got the Israelites to where they were, what got them in that situation, and what has transpired since the Israelites got into Egypt. Uh, we were introduced to Moses. Uh, we have seen Moses uh, grow up uh, in the house of Pharaoh with Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, but we've also seen that Moses uh, eventually ended up leaving. He was about 40 years when he left. And he was gone from Egypt for about 40 years. But as we are going to see tonight, God is about to use Moses in a mighty way. We are going to read all of chapter 3. I know it's kind of a long chapter, but uh, we'll read through there so we can just kind of understand the whole context of, of what's going on, and then we'll just kind of talk about this, uh, everything, for just a little bit. I would say that, that, that probably many of you, if not all of you, are familiar with this passage. Uh, it's probably one of, one of the most well-known passages in all of Scripture, I would, I would guess. I don't know that there's any way to prove that. But uh, the story of Moses and the burning bush. This is a story, especially if you grew up in church, uh, it's a, a story we probably have all heard from an early age. And it's a, it's a pretty well-known story, uh, even among non-Christians, I think, that uh, they've probably at least heard of this, this story, whether they choose to believe it or not. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is Moses and the burning bush. So, we'll pray and then we'll jump in. Father God, we thank you for this word tonight, and I pray that as we read through these verses that we just... We see just how awesome you are, dear Lord. We see your servant Moses. We see how you work through him. That we see your attitude, dear Lord. We see his attitude. And we uh, check our own attitude, God. And that I pray that you help us just to understand what your word's saying. That we can understand the context of what's going on uh, with Moses and Egypt in that time. But also, God, help us to see ways that this words of yours may apply to our lives, God. That may bring a change in our lives. So I pray that you just would... Uh, hide me behind the cross tonight, dear Lord. Just help my mind to be cleared of any other worries or thoughts. And just in these few minutes, God, that we're focusing just on your word, every one of us, God. So help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to be beneficial uh, to your people tonight and it's going to bring glory to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why, hasn't the bush, why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I know about their sufferings. 
I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh, so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He answered, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign, the sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Then Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the Israelites, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised you that I will bring you up from the, mis the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to what you say. Then you, along with the elders of Israel, must go to the king of Egypt and say to him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please let us go on a three-day trip into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go unless he is forced by a strong hand. I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles that I will perform in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give these people such favor in the sight of Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Each woman will ask her neighbor and any woman staying in her house for silver and gold, jewelry and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the Egyptians." So now we see in chapter 3 God's plan finally revealed. We've seen uh, the difficult times that the Egyptians had been in. We had saw uh, last week about uh, the fact that God had heard them, that, that God's timing had finally come, and, and we can speculate as to why God allowed this to go on for so long. Why didn't He deliver His people sooner? And I just don't know the answer to that. But it was His time, and the time had finally come. And of all people for God to choose, he chose Moses. Moses had escaped from there, and I would venture to guess, I don't know this, but I would think that Moses probably had no intentions of ever going back to Egypt. But sometimes God can change your plans. I had no intention of ever coming back to Liberty, Mississippi. Had no intention whatsoever. I didn't, you know, I was never coming back here. And here I am in Liberty, Mississippi. What are the odds? And so sometimes we have plans of what we are going to do and what we are not going to do, but God may have 
a different plan than us. And so Moses, after being gone for a 40 years' time, he's out tending the flock, and lo and behold, he sees a bush that is on fire, but that is not being consumed. And Moses had the same reaction that you and I would have. If you walk by a bush and say, oh, that bush is burning, that's burning up, and you, you look back a few minutes later and it ain't burnt up anymore, it's still burning, and a few minutes later and it still hadn't burnt down, when, when you see such a, a sight as that, as a bush that's constantly on fire but never consumed by the fire, Moses said, I have got to go look at this. And when Moses went there, can you imagine the, the awe and the excitement and the fear that must have come over him when Yahweh, the Lord, spoke to Moses. I can't even imagine how scary that would be. If God spoke to me in an audible voice, that would be the scariest thing in the world. I just imagine it would be. So many times we see in Scripture when God uh, appears to people or when angels appear to people, we almost always see that there is uh, some, some afraid, some fear that's going on, that they are afraid. And so here is Moses standing before the all-powerful God of the universe and carrying on a conversation with him. That is pretty unbelievable. That's some cool stuff. And, and, and God tells Moses, he says, all right, it's time. I've heard the Israelites cry for help. God says, I don't want them to be oppressed forever. I don't want them to be in that place forever. I've got this place that's going to be theirs. Now, the Israelites would have come from this area probably where they were uh, being sent back to. Uh, originally, Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob, they would all have been kind of in that area, and they had come to Egypt for food, if you, if you don't remember that. And, and now God is saying, now you're going to go back there, but this time it's going to be your land. And as we see in the book of Joshua, as we went through that, we know that the Israelites did go back. And they did, by the power of the Lord, uh, be able to, uh, they were able to, able to overtake their enemies and go into their promised land. And God is telling Moses that right here. He said, look, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful, wonderful land up there, a land flowing with milk and honey. Those are, are, are illustrations to the fact that it's a, a wonderful land. Now, there might have been lots of milk and lots of honey on the land. I'm not saying that there isn't. But I think, uh, and, and the bigger picture, I think God's using that as an illustration just to let the people know that I'm taking you to a place where you are going to be provided for, where a land that is going to produce the food that you need and everything that you need to be sustained. And so God says, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver my people from, uh, from Egypt, and I'm going to deliver them to this promised land. And so Moses is sitting there. He's, he ain't got his shoes on. You know, God said he's on holy ground. I don't think the ground just in and of itself was holy, but it was holy because he was in the presence of the Lord. And anytime we're in the presence of the Lord, that's a pretty good deal. I'm not saying we always have to take our shoes off, but if you feel the need to take your shoes off, and take your shoes off. Take them off right now if you want to. But Moses was there in the presence of the Lord, and God was giving him these instructions, telling him that I am going to deliver my people Israel. And here is the kicker right here. He said, and I'm going to use you to do it. And Moses said, well, who am I, God, that I can do any of I mean, look at this. This is Pharaoh of Egypt. This is a powerful dude. Pharaoh probably had a big army. Uh, the, 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 the Israelites, all they were were slaves. Moses was 80 years old. It's not like he was a super young guy at this time. And God said, I'm going to use you, and you're going to go, and you're going to face Pharaoh, and you're going to deliver the people out. And Moses said, but who am I to do that, dear Lord? And that's a good, a good little, little, little 
part of this story for us to really focus on. You know, God, in His infinite power, He could do anything He wants. He could, he could uh, with, the, with the, just speaking of His Word, He could have anything to happen that He wanted to happen. He could have delivered His people so easy, He could have acted in a supernatural way and just delivered His people right on out of there if He wanted to. There are many times throughout history that God could have done those things on His own if He wanted to, and God acts in many miraculous ways. But you know, oftentimes we see in Scripture, you know who God uses to get His work done? He uses you and me. He uses people. Now, He's the power behind it. He's the one that's doing all the, all the miracles. But God includes us as part of the plan. He has a, a, a job for us to do. I believe God has a job for each and every one of us to do. And sometimes, perhaps God calls us to a certain situation. And are we willing to say, All right, God, I'm ready to go. I can say for myself, I can't speak for you guys, but I can say very seldom when God calls me to do something is my first response, all right, Lord, let's get it. That's usually not my first response. My first response is, is usually, well, that wasn't really the Lord. I just try to write it off like that wasn't God speaking to me. Well, then if I still keep getting convicted, then I pull a Moses and say, well, psh, who am I? I mean, look at me, God. I'm not capable of doing this. I can't go over there. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have an education. I can't speak good. I don't know this. I don't know that. I've never been doing this or there or whatever. And we begin to make all these excuses. But, you know, if God has chosen you, He has chosen you for a reason. He's chosen you for a reason. And we say oftentimes, we're not able. Oh, I'm not able to do that, God. Well, is it that we're not able to do what God is calling us to do? Or is it that we're not willing to do what God is calling us to do? Because if we are willing to do what God calls us to, if we are willing to go where God calls us to, to go and do what God calls us to do, guess what? He will enable us. He will be with us. He was right there with Moses and Aaron. Uh, we, don't, we hadn't been introduced to Aaron yet, but, but when, when Moses and Aaron go back into Egypt, the Lord is right there with them. He's working all these miracles and all these signs for Pharaoh to see. And you know what's interesting? It's God says, I want you to go and I want you to tell Pharaoh, look, the God of the Israelites sent me. You need to let us go. He said, I know Pharaoh's going to say no. He knew Pharaoh was going to say no. But he gave Pharaoh an opportunity. He gave Pharaoh a choice. He could have just from the get-go just struck Pharaoh and been done, but he gave him an opportunity. He gave him a choice. He gave him lots of opportunity. As we're going to see, there were plague after plague after plague after plague, and Pharaoh continued to harden his heart. He would not turn to the Lord. God's a pretty patient God. He put up with Pharaoh for a long time. Perhaps he's been putting up with some of us for a long time. I don't think that it was in God's will to destroy Pharaoh or God's desire. Let me rephrase that. I don't know if it was God's desire to destroy Pharaoh. I think that God would have rather Pharaoh repented. I don't know that. I can't speak for God. But I think God wants to see people repent. Perhaps that's what he was trying to do with Pharaoh. But he gave Pharaoh the opportunity and Pharaoh didn't take it. But he told Moses from the get-go, he said, Look, I have called you. I am going to use you to go in and do this mighty work. And because Moses was obedient, because he was obedient, now he didn't have the strongest faith in the world. He wasn't always the best guy in the world, but he was willing. And we see mighty things happen through Moses by the power of the Lord. And God may want to use us to do 
some mighty things. God may be calling us. We may not ever see God in a burning bush in our lifetime. There's a part of me that kind of wishes, boy, I'd like to have an experience like that. And then there's another part of me that says, I don't want to do that. That'd be super scary, you know. So it's kind of a weird deal. And who knows, maybe one of these days we, we will experience a situation like that. You never know. Who am I to say what will or won't happen? God can still do it. He might appear to us one day. But even if God doesn't appear to us through a burning bush, God may be calling you to do something for Him. He may not be calling you to go to a whole other place and put yourself in harm's way. Or He may be calling you to go to another place and put yourself in harm's way. God calls us and uses us in so many different ways to do His work. And so many times we're like Moses and we say, well, that can't be done. That's impossible. I'm not able to do that. That's just, that just can't be done. Well, there are a lot of things in Scripture that we see that just can't be done. You know what can't be done? Somebody can't walk on water. But guess what? Peter walked on water because he was willing. On his own, was he able? Nope, not on his own. With the power of the Lord, he was, and he was willing to step out of the boat. And guess what? Peter walked on water. That's impossible. It can't be done. With the power of God, it can be done. It's impossible for dead people to raise from the grave and come back to life. It's impossible. Guess what? Guess what we see Jesus do in Scripture? Brings people back from the grave. Blind people can't see. People who've been blind their whole life, they can't all of a sudden see. It's impossible. Can't be done. Guess what Jesus did? He made blind people see. Lame people can't walk. Guess what Jesus did? He made lame people walk. I could stand here all night. All these things that we may say, well, God, how can you call me to this? This is impossible. What's the, what, what is the Pharaoh in our life? What are the Egyptians in our life? What's the, the situation that God may be calling us to that we're saying, but that's just, we, God, that person ain't going to listen. I know I feel convicted, like I need to just love on them and tell them that you love them and, and, and kind of uh, read some scripture to them and, and ask them if they know about Jesus Christ. But God, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen, dear Lord. Why would I do that? It's impossible. There's no hope for them. Or God's calling us to go to a place. Maybe it's a shady place, a place that we don't feel comfortable going. We say, but there's no hope for those people. God, if I go there, they're going to jump on me. They're going to ridicule me. They might beat me up. They might run me out of the place, God. How can I stand up to them? I don't even know what to say. I don't even know, I don't even know your word very good. I didn't even study my Sunday school lesson this week. God, how, how can you use me? God doesn't choose us because we're awesome. He chooses us and He... Well, let me rephrase that. God doesn't choose us because we are able. He chooses us and when we are willing to listen, He enables us to do what He calls us to do. So it's not like we can uh, suddenly work our way up to a position where we're like, all right, God, I want to do what you're calling me to do, but let me just work my way up there, and then when I get to where I need to be, God, then you can use me. That's not how God works. That's just not how He works at all. God says, I want you how you are, and I'll take care of the rest. And it causes us to have to have a little bit of faith because if we were to go into the situation proud, thinking that we have somehow worked our way up, we're probably not going to have much faith in God. But when we go into a situation and we know that we're incapable, when we know that we don't know what to say or what to do, then there is nobody else we can trust but the Lord. 
And when good comes from that situation, there is nobody else that can get the credit but the Lord. And God called Moses to do a mighty work. And I'm going to tell you the end of the story. If you don't know, Moses did it. And God delivered his people. Perhaps there is someone who is living under the oppression of sin. Perhaps there's someone you know or a group of people you know. And they are just enslaved with sin. And God may be telling you, look, I want you to go. And I want you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. I want you to share freedom. I want you to go and tell them how their chains can be broken. I want you to go into a foreign land, so to speak. And I want you to deliver these people. Not on our own power. It's not because of anything we do. We're just taking the good news because we've received freely and we just take it and give freely. Or is God calling you to? Is it your next door neighbor? Is it across the hall in your office? Is it the next cubicle over? Is it someone that you, that you play sports with or play music with or a million things? I don't know what everybody does. I can't name everything. I don't know what, what circles you guys run in, but what might God be calling you to? That you may be like Moses and say, Look, Lord, I can't do it. God's not calling you because you're able. God's calling you and He wants you to be willing. And if you are, He'll enable you to do what He calls you to. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for this good word. And I pray that as we look at this, this story that we can learn from the attitude of Moses. God, I believe you still call us today to, to certain things, dear Lord. I don't know what those things are. It's different for each of us. And it's hard, God. You know, no matter what you call us to, it's usually a tough thing. It usually takes a little bit of courage, a little bit of praying for us to, to seek you and to do what you say. But God, I pray that you would help us to, to, to clearly be able to discern. God, sometimes we say, well, I'm not sure if it's you or, or, or if it's just my own head that's, that's telling me these things. But God, help us to be able to clearly discern your voice when you call us to do something in some way, shape, or form that we know that it's you and that if we're convicted of it, that we just follow through. And God, it may be something simple or it may be something that's a little more elaborate, dear Lord. But no matter how big or how small the task you call us to, let us do it, dear Lord. It might just be an action. It may just be a good deed that you call us to do for somebody. God, it may not be that we have to go to somebody and, and preach a big sermon. It may just be that we just need to do something nice for somebody and love on them. That may make all the difference. They may see the love of Christ just through our actions. God, it may be that you call us to go and, and just speak to somebody and, 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 and read some scripture to them. So if that's what it is, dear Lord, just give us the strength and, and, and help us to recall what we know. We may not know a lot of Scripture, but dear Lord, if we know Jesus Christ died on the cross, we know all we need to know, dear Lord. So help us to be able to share that message of forgiveness, that sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the world that needs to hear it. Help us to be willing, dear Lord, to go and do what you call us to do. God, if we're not, open our eyes. Maybe there are some areas where you've been trying to get a hold of us for some time and we just keep missing it. Help us not to miss it, dear Lord. Help us not to be afraid of the situation or afraid of those we may come up against, dear Lord. Moses was going up against the whole nation of Egypt and all the, the army that went along with it and the Pharaoh, dear Lord. And he went and you delivered him. You delivered the people, you were with him. And God, you will be with us just the same. 
no matter where you send us, no matter what you call us to do, you'll be right there with us. So help us to trust in you, to know that you'll make it all work out in your time, dear Lord. I thank you for these words tonight. I thank you that we can come and worship. And I pray that you would help us just to hide these words in our heart and take them with us when we leave. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.